welcome to Connected, episode 382. It is made possible by our sponsors, Hover, Capital One, and Trade Coffee. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. I'm here. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Hello and welcome. We're also joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. I wondered if you were going to undo the sins of last week. No, I'm getting back on track. Are you Back on track. Yeah. Because currently it's just week after week after week, Federico, constantly. It's an even episode, so it goes to Federico. Mm. You'll get the odd one. What if I just, like, I'm not here next week? Then what are you going to do? Then it's Federico. He's going to call you on the phone and be like, hey, just wanted to say hi first. Yeah. Yeah. If for some reason I'm not here next week, you have to call me. Are you missing the show next week? It wasn't my plan, but I am, as as we have been, so we've been recording Connected Pro, which was a wild ride, which you should uh, sign up for at getconnectedpro.co. I'm realizing why I'm getting a sore throat as we're talking. You know, when you just like start to feel the decline, like that's mm. happening to me now. So who knows, you know? It started about the time that you were sad about not being introduced first. No, it started way before that, like 21 minutes ago. We have some follow-up. Uh, we were talking last week about Federico's Wordle bot update and about alt text on Twitter images. Uh, Ed Ross on Twitter commented that you can use the account get underscore alt text, and uh, basically it will reply with the uh, with the alt text to you, which is pretty cool. I don't understand these bots, you know. Hmm. Like I see a lot of these on Reddit too. Like just these accounts that they just do one thing, you know? And like it's they I don't know who sets them up. I don't know why they set them up, like how it's maintained, how it works. <laughs> I think about that too sometimes. I, like who are these people and why do they do it? And I, and I guess the answer is because it's cool and for glory. I I Yes. I think a lot of people are just trying to sell a book, you know, but I don't really understand how we get from a, to a book from this one. But. No, I think sometimes you just make a cool thing and you want to make it public because it's neat. And because, mm. like, running this bus is relatively inexpensive these days. Um, you know, some of these they run, like, on an instance of Heroku or Linode somewhere, and it's super cheap. And you just figure, you know, I'm going to spend, like, $1 each month running this bot. Why not? You know, you get a kick out of it, and it's fine. Why not, bot? Why, Why not? not, bot? Why not, bot? Why not, bot? Why not, bot? Uh, Federico, we also the follow-up's all about you this week. Uh, we had a question from Manny. T- to uh-huh. be fair, Stephen, if you don't mind me interrupting, the vast majority of the show is about Federico this week, not just the follow-up. I'm just going to read the ads and sit so. back the rest of the time. <laughs> l- l- lots of lots of pressure on me. Okay, I know. Uh-huh. Uh, so Manny had a question about this uh, gamepad accessory and the iPad Mini. Can you weigh in on this? Uh, so I mentioned this one months ago, the Shax gamepad. It's a it's a Bluetooth game controller. Um, I guess originally designed for Android devices. I mentioned this in the context of the Samsung Galaxy Fold three. The oh Z Fold God, 3? I forgot that you owned one of those. I still do. It's kind of fun to play around with. It's beautiful with emulators. I can tell you that. Running Dolphin emulator for the Nintendo GameCube on that, it's pretty sweet. Um, and I was uh, talking about the Shaxx game controller because you can... It's one of those controllers that is similar to the backbone in that you have the two halves of the controller. You open it up and you can slot a device in the middle. And in, I picked this one because it worked with the form factor of the Z Fold 3 when it's open. Um, 
but Manny wants to know if it works with the new iPad mini. Now, I don't recall exactly if there was something about it that was not quite convincing to me in using it with the iPad mini, but we can try it right now. This is how you break an iPad mini. <laughs> just okay, real-time like follow-up. I cannot find the Shaq's game controller anymore. <laughs> Whoa, that was fast. That was <laughs> so, incredible. You didn't spend a lot of time well, looking. It was not where I thought it was going to be. Um, right, so you've just so, immediately given up then. So either, well, uh, now we're doing, we're in the middle of a podcast. It's just some, some decency, you know? It's not like I can walk out on you guys. Um, so it means two things. One, it's somewhere else. Or Sylvia stole it from me. Oh, there you go. TJ's made a very good point that you never lose things, but you immediately jumped to the Federico that we knew. No, not new. You're still here. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that now the obvious thing is that it has been stolen from you. I said it's somewhere else because I recently reorganized my bedroom. So it could be... I discovered, this is a, totally an aside, I discovered this uh, UK-based company that makes like really useful plastic boxes. I think they're called like, okay, no, what are they called? Good boxes or something? And you can get them from Amazon. They are amazing to organize like stuff. What are they called? Like good box, like okay box or something like that. You can. G- I don't know what you're talking about. So I recently needed to reorganize my uh, like USB dongles, cables, uh-huh. Game Boy cartridges. And I was looking for like a plastic box on uh-huh. Amazon. Like what is a good plastic box? Really useful. Pl- is that the name? Really useful plastic boxes. Anyway, there's this company. I think it's based in the UK, and they have a totally generic name. Yeah, it's really useful plastic boxes. That's the name from really useful products. Yes.co.uk. These boxes are incredible. They are plastic boxes, and they're super solid and cheap, and they have this clamp mechanism that you can use to close them. Really well done. Oh, I have a similar product to this. I just got it on Amazon. Maybe I'm getting it from this company. I use it to put keycaps inside. Really good box. Um, so because I recently reorganized my drawers and my nightstand, the Shaq's game controller could be in a really useful plastic box or Sylvia stole it because I haven't lost it. So... Either Sylvia is suddenly and secretly into Android-based gaming, (laughs) or or it's in a box. Dude, this really useful products website is real bad. No, it's it's not really a website at all. Mine is from a company called City Life. I just bought something I found on Amazon. Clearly, I did not get the really useful kind. Anyway, I can tell you, Manny, that I did try it and uh, either the thickness of the iPad mini was not good enough or something about it, like I wasn't feeling confident about it because I didn't want to break the iPad mini. But it's also been a few months since the iPad mini came out. So maybe now we can actually try and find some proper game controllers made for the new iPad mini. It's something that I meant to check out a few weeks ago and then I forgot. So I will look again. And if I find anything, I will report back on the show because I do miss having a proper game controller for my iPad mini. So I need to look again. And lastly, Federico, speaking of gaming, (laughs) you released the uh, teased uh, Switch Frame shortcut. So talk talk to us about this. I want to hear more about the the problems of Nintendo Switch screenshots. 
Switch frame is you, you can consider it like a, like a, a fork of, of Apple frames. Uh, it's based on the same techniques, based on the same um, actions in the shortcuts app. It takes screenshots that you take on, on a Nintendo Switch. Doesn't matter if you use a Switch, a Switch Lite, or a Switch OLED. Uh, those screenshots are always uh, 720p or 1080p resolution. It takes those screenshots and it frames them nicely with the physical uh, console template for the original Nintendo Switch with the classic um, uh, red and blue Joy-Con colors for the controllers. This is a shortcut that I put together months ago and that I never had the time to properly share on Mac Stories. I... I put this one together in the summer, actually, because I wanted to have a nicer way to share Nintendo Switch screenshots. Make them, a, you know, make them extra special when you share them on Twitter or other places so that it actually looks like a Nintendo Switch game and it looks more professional. You know, it looks nice. Um, so what I did, um, obviously Nintendo, unlike Apple, they do not have like a proper... Um, press page where you can go in and download the product bezels, although they really should, uh, but they don't. So I had this idea of like, what if I go to these websites like Dribbble or Behance, you know, these like design websites where people usually share like um, free downloads for PSD templates. I wonder if someone ever shared a Nintendo Switch PSD template file. And sure enough, someone did. So I talked to Sylvia and I was like, hey, can you actually try and make this work like Apple Frames does? And yeah, she she optimized. The, we took the PSD and uh, we optimized it for shortcuts. We re, She removed all of the extra like background that was not needed. And we picked the default red and blue look. And I put together the shortcut that takes screenshot, overlays it on the Nintendo Switch and returns the composite image. Uh, that looks nicer than just a plain screenshot. Um, so this is, uh, like, I love using this shortcut because it, like, it makes all the screenshots look so much nicer than the default, like, uh, JPEG that you get from a Nintendo Switch. But what's also cool, I think, is that it goes in combination with a shortcut that I released two years ago. Well, almost, uh, well, not two years ago. Uh, what was it? December 2020. How long ago is that? Like, uh, 14 months ago? which is called short switch and short switch they, these two shortcuts they go together uh, short switch it speeds up the process of getting those screenshots out of a nintendo switch nintendo in 2020 they launched this feature that makes it easier for you to um, take a screenshot on, on a nintendo switch and send it to a to an iphone uh, the process involves scanning a QR code and connecting to a local uh, Wi-Fi network that your Nintendo Switch creates. Uh, my shortcut cuts a bunch of steps from that process so that it makes it easier for you to get all those screenshots and videos, because you can also share videos uh, all at once into the Photos app or into the Files app. So now... Uh, you can run um, Switch Frame on its own. It just finds any pictures that you have in, in the Photos app. Or you can run it as a step of the import process. So you can keep using Short Switch. And so right there, when you are importing the screenshots from your Nintendo Switch, you can frame them right away uh, while you are getting them from the console. So it's uh, it's cool. And it uh, I, I like sort of these two worlds coming together. My my love for Nintendo and shortcuts in, in, a, in, in this little utility that, that makes it easier and nicer to do Nintendo Switch screenshots. I like it. I like sending screenshots to you. 
of mm-hmm. old Animal Crossing things that <laughs> yes. I find in my library. Yes. What my favorite thing though is an unintentional thing, but it's just very funny. If you have images that are in the same dimensions, right? It's just going to find them. Like, what are the yeah. dimensions that it's looking for? Do you remember? Is it like seven twenty p, seven twenty p, or ten eighty p? So if you have other images that are in the, that resolution of like a ten eighty p screen. Yeah, you can you can put them in it, and I just like finding random promotional materials <laughs> that I've made, and just like putting them on the Nintendo Switch, uh, like you know, like merchandise images and stuff. So like Cortex merch on Nintendo Switch. It's just it's very funny to me, uh, unintended, but it works. And so if if you really want to make your own Nintendo Switch game, now you know how to do it. I suppose. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Hover, one of Relay FM's longest running sponsors. When you have that one big idea, where do you go? Well, your business starts with a domain name, so for many entrepreneurs, Hover is that big leap. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. They're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free Who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your information, clean UX and UI, monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. All of my domains are at Hover. I love how easy it is to find what you're looking for with their search tools because you may have an idea and maybe someone else has the domain name, but Hover's tools help you find other names that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. It's Really fantastic, easy to use, and uh, I don't I don't go anywhere else. If you like intuitive user experiences and things that work straight out of the box, you will appreciate Hover. It's simple, clean, and easy to navigate. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com/connected and get a ten percent discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time: hover.com/connected. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of the show and Relay FM. I found a really cool new app the other day. It was in uh, my favorite app store on the Macintosh. Hmm. It's called the Federico Vitici. And it was there <laughs> in the app store and I downloaded it. And uh, now I've got it. I actually did download something from that page. Uh, the little M4V video that they made of a boombox and an alarm clock flying around Federico's head. Uh, I downloaded that, and I now have that, so that's mine. Uh, Federico was featured in Apple's app Mac App Store, uh, which is honestly the funniest place for Federico to be, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, if I could think of anywhere, like, what is the funniest place to put Federico? What about a story on the Mac App Store? Brilliant. Uh, and But he's there, and it's a really nice little feature uh, about shortcuts, right? Yes, yes. So uh, this has been... Yeah, in the works for quite some time, obviously, without getting into the details, but I've, I've known for a long time. And um, essentially, Apple reached out a while back asking for, uh, like, hey, do you want to share some thoughts on, like, shortcuts for Mac and what you're doing with it? Like, what are some cool shortcuts that you think could be useful to people? And so uh, that that is really how they, they framed the story. It's called Federico Vitici's Seven Starter Shortcuts. And what I like about this, which was also, I was concerned that this would go in a different direction, but what I really appreciate here, and it, and I want to say, I didn't have to ask for any of this, but like they kept 
basically all the context of of my or our original interviews they kept all the links to the shortcuts that i made uh, so the, the shortcuts that are linked in the story on the app store those are my shortcuts um the icloud.com links those are my links um and the shortcuts they have my comments inside which means that like <laughs> Technically, I could pull those links and then would break <laughs> for the entire world. <laughs> well, I mean, also, you could just change them to literally whatever you but, want. Is that right? But, um, would that work? No, no, I cannot change them, but I could pull ah. them. But ah, okay. I'm a benevolent figure, and I will not do that. However, th- those <laughs> yes, I am. However, those comments they do have advertisements for Mac Stories and Club Mac Stories inside because why not? I mean, you know, if you want to learn more about shortcuts, go to Mac Stories or Club Mac Stories. What, what, what if one of those shortcuts just like every time you ran it, like it, it ran it, and then at the then like thirty seconds later you just get a pop up like join the club. They checked the shortcuts and there were a few like um, there was a, a, a little bit of back and forth to make sure that like some features were not confusing for people. So mm. they checked all of them. The screenshots are are apples. So they obviously tested this. Uh, <laughs> You're thoroughly. like Taylor Swift. Like there is, is that a, a Federico's. Is there's like a Federico's version of these shortcuts? Yes. You know, you've got like the shortcut that Apple's got, and then you know people could get like Federico's version, and it's the real, it's the real deal, you know. So uh, yeah, um, and they they kept my my joke about um, being someone who doesn't remember anything unless he uses a task manager, uh, and they said and like something along the lines of and between like a website, uh, multiple podcasts, and a social media presence, that's understandable. <laughs> Thank you, Apple, that you think it's understandable. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to get it's that nice kind of get. you know. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be seen, I suppose. <laughs> Yes, I felt seen by App Store editorial. So thank you. Um, and you they have linked... active social media accounts. Is that like some active... kind of shade? Are they shade judging you? There? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, don't th- I mean, I tweet yeah. about shortcuts, and they're bugs. He's, he's very also, online. So that guy. He's I am very online. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am online. Uh, and and this is this is this was the the surprise for me. They actually linked MacStories.net at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know Apple and the App Store, you know that they must have some kind of problem with linking. In general, they never like even when they do like the app of the year like awards for the app store, they never link to the actual thing for reasons. But this time they put in a link to Mac Stories, so that was very cool of them. I I, I know like this is a like I'm not trying to make fun, but I can't help it. Uh, there's it's just very funny to me that in the actual app store version. It just says like so. It's got like and much more. It talks about like why people should read about you. It just says Mac stories. Visit the site for. And that's weird. What is that? But mean? it's only broken on the Mac <laughs> because on iOS, if you open the story on iOS on the iOS App Store, it actually says Mac stories shortcuts archive. This is just visit the site for an issue with respond like the uh it, with the responsive view. The window was too small, so it truncates the text for some reason. That was just for me. Like when I opened it, my Mac app store. Now, if I make the window bigger, it says visit the site for hundreds of shortcuts. Right. Yeah, that's very funny to me. The site, ha- the <laughs> that's really broken because the window that's is really wide before it 
shows yeah. that. That's funny, man. Um, tips from this a pro. This is so good, though, Federico. I love it. I love that. It's not so much. I mean, obviously, I love that they did it, like that you, you were on it because it's just fun for me. I guess it's fun for you. It's it's just a nice thing. I just love that they did it right. Yeah. Like yeah. there are a lot of ways between not doing it and how they've done it that it could have been done and it all would have been fine. Exactly. Yes. But they did but it I right. I just like more that they like linked out to the shortcuts archive and didn't make you and like didn't say like thanks for these shortcuts we're going to edit them all. You know like it, it, which would have been weird. Yeah. And they didn't make it into like a sort of like a self-help thing. That was also like one of my concerns. Like, no, they made it very practical and they asked for like, can you give us like a range of examples? Like, and, and they give me total freedom. Like, what do you want to share? And that was very cool of them. And they wanted me to explain to them like step by step what each shortcut does and they made sure to test them. They took screenshots. They found some bugs because some of, a couple of those shortcuts were existing shortcuts that I shared years ago. So they asked me, can you actually update those? And I did. So they were very, uh, very open to like working on this together. And I think they did a, like, I'm really happy with it. And um, I think they did an excellent job. And they didn't even have to link to Mac Stories. They could have just said, if you want to get more shortcuts, open the shortcuts app and visit our own gallery. Like they could have done that. But instead, they linked to Mac Stories. And that, that was very cool of them, very kind of them. And, um, I like the the obviously I didn't we didn't make the art I just sent them the photo Sylvia took the picture using portrait mode on the iPhone 13 Pro Max uh, using my iPhone um, they cut out the background because hey that's I guess what you can do with portrait mode um, but there were many other pictures that were taken that day there was also another outtake photo that maybe I should use at some point online for I don't know my profile pic or something or maybe when I do when I do this article that I'm working on about the MacBook Pro I will use it there they wanted to have a photo of me working at a Mac so there was a there was a sort of an in context photo done as well of me very serious with all my tattoos and my jewels all I my rings I think you sent that one to us right I did I did. I did. Yeah. There was also that photo, but I love. I love the. I love the animated art that they have done. I had no idea that was a thing being done. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. It just that makes it pop. Like it's just like an added thing. I mean, I. I figure in you know non-COVID world they would have done an actual photo shoot with you. I would expect. Like I would imagine they would send someone. Yeah, that's what they did with David when he was. Yeah. In this, in a few years ago, uh, they, they do lightly troll you though. So the get image resolution example, they have a picture of a cat on a couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like why not a dog? I don't know. Maybe uh, they also had. If you actually go look at my original tweet from last week, originally the description said in 2009 he co-founded Mac Stories, and that was <laughs> that was wrong, job, baby. That He's was there wrong from the beginning. That was wrong. So I asked them, can you please fix this? And they fixed it in like five minutes. So that was cool. Now Web he says, you know, just history needs to be respected. Um, I, I, I told them it was just me in 2009. Get out of so here, that, John. I mean, just you got to be factual. You know, you got to be accurate with your things. Um, when I mentioned like they never link to things. For example, in the fantastical section, a favorite feature of the calendar app Fantastical are 2020 Mac App of the Year. 
why is that 2020 Mac app of the year thing not linked to like it doesn't link to anything seriously they had a story they had a, a, a press release they had a bunch of things they could link but no they don't link to that ah, like, who needs it links are for suckers this is cool uh, my mom was really happy about it as well I think she printed it out <laughs> and uh, I think she actually fridge, made the the I, because I sent her the, uh, the, the the photo of the art that I took from Apple's uh, CDN and I believe she's using that as a wallpaper now me too <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, fine it's fine man no man this is really cool I love it yeah thank you thank I you. opened uh, I, I think I found it before y'all did I opened the app store for something else I was like oh oh I like stared at it for like three seconds I was like Federico's in the app store and then I sent it to y'all and everybody went crazy you pointed out Stephen the tagline that you so appreciated uh <laughs> <laughs> What's the tagline of this story? The this, automation uh, expert sorry. gets you going. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Hubba hubba. Um, people have been asking for people have been asking for a link to the shirt. So nice shirt. It, it's, it's a, a nice guess. Shirt. It's a guess shirt that Sylvia mm. got me for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, Can I get a link to the tattoo, please? I would like one of those. It's a full arm done by my trusted tattoo artist named Gabriele Anakin, like Anakin Skywalker. It's based in Rome. Great I'm a, on my way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm kind of ready for another one. It's, it's fine. Oh, me too, yeah. Let's do it. All right. I know what I'm getting to. I know what I'm getting, but I'm not going to tell you. Speaking of shortcuts, our friends at Elgato, we don't actually know them, but we'll call them our friends. I would love to know them, though. Elgato, hook us up. you know, just please be nice. They, this week, announced a new product called the Stream Deck Pedal. So, of course, the Stream Deck is a device you sit on your desk, has a bunch of buttons, and you can program the buttons to do different things with shortcuts or macros, basically anything you want. I've never heard you talk about that before, so thanks for the reminder. I can't tell if you're serious or not. Some people, you know, you got to clarify what the Stream Deck is. <laughs> I know, I'm being a troll. It's you unnecessary. feisty today. Yeah, I'm not feeling great, so I'm just like... You keep saying that, like laying the groundwork to miss for next week. I'm fighting back, man. Fighting back. I'm on, I'm on my upswing. Wow, already? That was quick. Okay. Can't keep me down. They announced the Stream Deck pedal, which is a floor pad, costs 90 bucks, has three pedals. And basically, it's like three buttons on the stream deck that you can use with your foot or a stick or something, I guess. You know, if your foot's not available. This is cool, right? I think this is really cool. $89.99. It also has a grippy surface to stop it from sliding away. So That's if good. you have to hit if you have to hit hard, you know, like mm -hmm. quick time to time track, bang, and you don't like <laughs> kick it. <laughs> kick it down there. Yeah, you used to, you know. Uh, I'm into, I'm into this idea of like foot automation. You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you people pay a lot for that. Oh, I'm sorry. So there's a somewhere there's someone considering like uh, an OnlyFans, but it's for like doing this kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's for for very particular automations. Uh, I want also they announced an official Discord plugin for Stream Deck. 
so you can control audio stuff and join and switch channels. You two are very uh, stream decky, you know. Yeah, You're always over to streaming on the deck. Do, do you genuinely like? Could you imagine having the pedal thing and like what what would you assign it to? Like, do you have any any actions right now that you're very frequently reaching out for that would be nice if you could just like doop, just you know a little little touch with the with the toe? I can think of two, but I want to hear Federico's first because I think his are more imaginative than mine. Maybe. Well, the serious answer could be that you like you sit down to work and you press it and it sort of maybe you could do something like it recreates like a podcasting setup for me like i sit down press the pedal and it opens like all the apps that i need based on what's in my calendar so like if it's connected day it opens a particular google doc um, and it sets my timer that kind of stuff that could be the serious answer uh there's all kinds of ways in which this could go wrong though like having doing the foot thing with shortcuts um i don't know maybe 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 <laughs> 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 There's no good way to talk about this, man. No, no. It's, <laughs> it, if, it just I, 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 well, yeah, you could use it barefoot, maybe, uh -huh. you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, do, you know, you press it and, it and it, you know, sets the lights a certain color, you know, that kind of stuff, like dims yep. the light, starts a playlist, you know. Foot, foot music. Foot <laughs> music. Foot time. <laughs> Don't we all have a foot playlist in Apple Music? <laughs> <laughs> My. <laughs> this, this is so juvenile. This is the worst podcast. We are terrible yeah. at this. This is so bad. I mean, my first obvious idea was a mute switch, but I think that's what everybody will say. It would be cool, but unimaginative. The other thing I thought about is I've been using Jason's podcast noter which he and Dan Moore have been writing about for a couple of weeks where you can... <laughs> oh, boy, have they, those two. They won't stop. <laughs> Wait, what? You mean Six Colors has been writing about podcast automation? <laughs> I must have missed it. It's very strange. Uh <laughs> <laughs> where? <laughs> you could just, like, throw your mouse cursor in the general direction of Six Colors right now and you'll land on one of these posts. This, uh, this workflow basically lets you push a button or do some sort of input and it grabs the timestamp of your recording and you can make a note of what went wrong. And this is very helpful if you're editing. Uh, I do this for Mac Power users. I don't edit MPU, but I take edit notes for Jim Metzendorf who edits that show. And I can just reach out and have it at the bottom left. I'm very happy with my icon for this. It's a little like cartoony speech bubble, but instead of a word in the middle, it's a, like a cartoony fire. It's kind of a... No. And I hit it and it says, tell us how your co-host hurt you. And then I make a little note about what happened. That would be pretty sweet to have as like a foot tap thing because I put it in the bottom left-hand corner of my stream deck so I could do it by feel without having to like look down. Mm -hmm. But the trick with it is getting it as fast as you can so your timestamp is as accurate as possible. And I think having that as like just like a tap away underfoot would be pretty sweet but i only record I that it, show once a week so i'm not sure i need to spend 80 dollars on it it would be pretty good too because like you could just like you, i think you would more quickly and more easily muscle memory that you know mm -hmm. like because the, the the actual size of the button is much larger yeah 
than on the stream deck, you know, like you just reach out and just like hit it. Like in the same way that like I th- I think David used to at least if he, th- he used to have a, f- uh, a like a, a pedal for a mute switch. He right? did. Yep. Yeah. So like it's like a similar thing to that. So it is it is cool. Like it did make me want to just mention like in general just Elgato as a company. They just make such good stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like one of my favorite pro- companies. Like I just bought a bunch more stuff from them recently. I bought a microphone from them called the Wave Three, which I really like. It's a USB C microphone, um, but they, it's it's it, I don't know. It, it sounds pretty good, but it's got a bunch of features that I like. It's just nice and easy for me to use with my PC for when I'm streaming, and it has like a, a bunch of buttons on it and like a wheel to allow you to control the volume really nicely. And they built some pretty good software, so you can like do kind of like uh, pseudo rogue amoebery type things of bringing in multiple tracks, which is really hard to do on windows they also make this mic arm which i think steven's got too called the low profile mic arm which i hadn't seen this before this is the first company i've seen do something like this we usually the mic arms that we use they like come up and down again like that's kind of like it goes away from the desk and then back towards the desk to suspend the microphone in front of your face but this is like it stays very low down it's low profile and kind of swings in and the microphone comes in from the other side Mm -hmm. you have to go take a look at it they make both types of um, boom arms, mic arms, so you can kind of get the idea of what's different between them. Uh, and also, like, I have a bunch of their lights and stuff already on their multi-mount system. They just make, like, they're just, they're just, like, for, if you do streaming stuff especially, but anything, like, video-related, audio-related, and then now all these other peripheral things that could be used in other places... They're just on it, man. Like, I have that capture card inside of my PC. Like, they just, they do great stuff with Elgato. I like them. I agree. Uh, I've got a bunch of their stuff too, and it's it's all fantastic. I really like this this microphone arm. I'm using it here at my main desk now. And it's just, it takes up way less space, and I can see much more of my display because I don't have this big arm in front of me. And uh, yeah, I just, I've been really impressed building out. Uh, more stuff in the studio with their accessories over the last couple of years. They're really on it. And I feel like they they took really good advantage of the opportunity of work from home and more people streaming. Like you could just go there and get almost almost everything you need. Really probably everything you need now because now they sell cameras and microphones as well. Yeah, that lights was sold out forever. Yeah. At the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Are either of you going to buy the pedal? So they don't have any details. I was checking on the webpage. They don't have any details on like foot sizes that they support. And also like <laughs> they don't say whether you can use it barefoot or not. You, I mean, you could use it barefoot. Why couldn't you? Can you then like, th- I suppose you got to clean it then if you use it barefoot. Yeah. Like what if I bring it to the beach and I use it barefoot and it's like sand all over the, the stream deck. Well, foot. it's not self-cleaning, you know, you always have to clean it. Whoa, the springs, get this, the springs are interchangeable so you can adjust the pedal pressure. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Anti-skid feet for the feet. It's heavy duty, <laughs> Federico, so you can tap with confidence do, is what do, the website says. Do you, do you think, do, do you guys think, do you guys, oh, here we go. Do you, do you guys think it also nibbles your fingers? Nibbles your toe? <laughs> Nibbles your toe? <laughs> Will it nibble your toes is my is my question. Oh my god, I saw a Tamagotchi that you can poke inside of. Did you see this? 
Where is this? Tam- Somebody find me this. Someone must have seen this. Someone in the Discord must have seen this. There's like a Tamagotchi that you can like, you can put your finger inside of you to like nip- pet it. And, and it does the nib nib? I, I don't know if it does that. It should. But there's, this is like a new thing. That the tam- Oh, it's a Tamagotchi knockoff. It's not an, but it's like that kind of thing. There's an article on Boing Boing. What's it called? The Punerine's touchable digital pet has a hole in the side so you can insert your finger and, quote, feel the virtual creature inside, which is advertised as being very squishy and addictive to touch. Touch I Google touchable digital pet hole. And I, uh, is it called the Puny Runes Touchable Digital, digital yeah, Pet? Yeah, Puny Runes Touchable okay, Digital Puny Pet. Ryan. Okay, Puny Runes. Okay, it's $143. And there's a Japanese video that I will put in the Discord. I'm so sure that we are now all part of this problem together. I'll put this in the show notes too. Yes. Anyway, foot pedal. Anyway, yes, back to the foot pedal. Um, no... I'm going to pass. I am fine, I think, with my actual stream deck with the multiple buttons. That said, I think it's very cool. And I like. I would suggest like tying this kind of device to home automation. Like I think it's perfect for uh, controlling the lights, like home-related automation. I think it's perfect for this kind of thing. Anything that, like these kinds of switches, right? That are like one, pr- like sort of, one-way buttons right in the way that in the sense that you just press them and they don't have any ui unlike a stream deck which has like actual graphics that you can see on the buttons this is like a physical thing that you need to press it's always best i think to tie that sort of thing to to a home automation type setup because it reminds you of a physical switch in your house so i could see this being very helpful helpful for like controlling the lights if you have the kind of setup um maybe you're a streamer right and you want to set the lights a certain color or a certain temperature that could be pretty cool i think yeah uh but it doesn't replace a stream deck obviously for all kinds of automations that you want to set up with the multiple buttons on the stream deck i mean and of course like the main reason that this thing exists is for people that are gaming right yeah so your your hands are busy yeah. So if you have like a few actions that are good for you to hit while you're gaming, like, you know, maybe you want to throw off some kind of hype signal or whatever, uh, you can do that. Like it's smart. They, what I like about Ogato in general is I feel like they have a very good understanding for what their customer base wants and then they make those products. That's what I like about them, which seems like such an obvious thing, but it is that isn't always so obvious, it seems to some companies, right? Like they they feel like they under they made a few things and then they're just slowly expanding out to continue to meet the needs of their customer base. I just think it's really cool, cool stuff. Like they make like a green screen mouse mat, so which is like why would you do that? Well, if you had a camera, like say you're gaming keyboard and mouse gaming, you could have your hands in the bottom left hand corner of the screen so people could see it. Like they could watch your moves on the controller or whatever while you're playing, stuff like that. It's just like this is just so smart, very smart, good product design. This episode of Connected is made possible by Capital One. Have you ever hit a technical snafu while shopping online, filling out payment fields? Have they given you a headache? Has your mobile banking app ever been down when you really needed to use it? Well, Capital One believes everyone deserves better banking. This means easier access 
to their money and more security while doing so. That's why Capital One is investing in machine learning. Machine learning allows Capital One to do things like fight fraud with random forests, with models that quickly detect suspicious activity and make it faster to alert federal investigators. And they identify how mobile app outages happen with casual models. Keeping their mobile app up and running, it doesn't happen by accident. This stuff takes work. Anomaly detection and incident response help determine why outages happen so engineers can quickly remedy them. Capital One speeds up online shopping with machine learning at the edge. They make shopping with virtual card numbers smoother and more secure. This technology is based on logistic regression models and running inference in the browser. It identifies payment fields, which helps make using virtual card numbers easier and faster. The potential of machine learning is just so big. See how Capital One is using machine learning to create the future of banking. Simply search machine learning at Capital One or check out the link in the show notes. Our thanks to Capital One for their support of Connected and Relay FM. All right. There is this weird story uh, that started making the rounds earlier this week that macOS 12.3, which by the way, macOS 12.2 and iOS 15.3 are out, like as we're recording. So go run software update this afternoon. Also, uh, watchOS 8.4, which Apple really promises this time will fix the charging issues on the Apple Watch Series 7, which have made my wife so angry at her watch that I think she may. Well, like, if this doesn't fix it, she's going to go back to her old one. <laughs> what charging issues? Hey, there are charging issues. She, well, I, I, she's the only person I've talked to with this, but Mac Rumor says that there's there have been a lot of reports of it. Of uh, is this another Green Gate? I don't know. There, I, you know what? I left the Pink Gate thing out of the show document this week, but now you brought it up. Now I brought it up. Uh, some users have had, including Mary, have had where the watch will begin to charge, but at some point overnight will stop charging and not actually hmm. like top we'll up again anyways apparently and they said like 8.2 would fix it and 8.3 had more charging fixes and now they say 8.4 really fixes it. so anyways anyways this story that we're is actually the topic uh is that mac os 12.3 is bringing with it changes to the cloud file provider apis and Dropbox and Microsoft have both come out and said files that are offline You'll know you'll you will no longer be able to open them in the file open. Wait, isn't dialogue. it online? You said offline. Yes, online. Online, not on your disk. So Dropbox has this. I don't like this feature. I don't use it. But I love it. They have they have this feature where say a pages document is not synced to your Mac, but you get a little icon where it would be, and if you go in pages to file open and select it, it downloads it on demand and then mm-hmm. opens the file. That workflow, according to Dropbox and according to Microsoft with OneDrive, will no longer work in macOS 12.3 and later. Instead, those files you have to open through Finder. This is uh, weird. There's obviously some sort of change here. Uh, what was funny to me here is like initially I was seeing this as a let's dunk on Dropbox. Yes. Kind of thing. And I don't think that's the case at all. I don't either. Like, this seems like Apple have made a decision mm-hmm. and have told all of these companies that they're changing the way that this system works in 12.3. Yeah. And now they all have to scramble to try and find some fix for it. And Dropbox in particular says they will have a beta in March that should resolve this, should work around this change. Um, I wrote this thing last night basically saying Apple needs to explain what's going on here 
because not only is this crappy for users, but Apple has a cloud service that nowhere does anybody say iCloud Drive won't need some workaround. Mm-hmm. And Apple's already like in hot water over anti-competitive moves and Dropbox and OneDrive directly compete with iCloud. And I got a bunch of email from people saying, no, it's Dropbox's fault. It's like, well, read, actually read what's happening. And Microsoft and Dropbox are saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be some change that Apple's making. It's a, a weird change. And I, I would like to know what that change is and why they're making it. But just it was just a very weird story. And my hope is that they're doing this to make it a more reliable system. So you don't, I use this feature, right? So I don't remember what this is actually called now because Dropbox has given it a bunch of names. Um, I think it's like, I don't know what it's called. It used they, to be first infinite? Project Infinite. Yeah. That, was, that was the code name of it. That's what I've always thought of it as. But it's like an online. So basically, your files, you can have a list of files. Yeah, smart and none sync. of them are actually uh, smart sync. There you go. Because I always get it mixed up with selective sync, which is a different thing. Yeah, I and do use that. Smart sync is the feature. So you can have files that your system knows are in Dropbox and you see them and you see a little cloud icon next to it and you can right click on it and download it. Or if you double click it, it will start to download or you can set files and or folders to always do one or the other, right? So you could say like always download this or always leave it in the cloud. And also the system just tries to be smart and downloading things it thinks you're going to need or whatever. I was really hesitant when I first used this, but I've been using it for years now and I think it's a really good feature especially for someone who has, like at this point, I think more stuff in Dropbox than I do on most of the, than basically on any system that I have, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of close-ish, ish to, like it's like somewhere between the way it works on the Mac and the way it works on iPadOS or whatever, right? Like, not all your files are on iPadOS. You just download them as you need them. Yeah. With somewhere in between because it's also doing some downloading and you can force stuff. And like at the moment, say for example, I open uh, an application and then I go like file open and try and download something. What happens is it hangs, the app hangs for a minute because it can't open the, mm-hmm. the file. The file's being downloaded. And sometimes that can be a bit weird and sometimes the app's kind of act as if they are unresponsive, like the beach ball starts spinning or whatever. And so like my hope is that Apple's got a new API that will, I don't know, be a little bit kinder between yeah. applications and um, like the files with the, the file providers in the middle. I mean, like for me personally, what I would tend to do is I just go, I'm used to just going through the finder to get what I want because it's better that way. Like if you start it the way that Dropbox is saying is the only way you'll be able to do it, I have found that that is a little bit more reliable because it will start the download and then open the app rather than the app being in the middle and getting upset and understanding what's going on. My question is the same as yours, which is why is this happening in 12.3? Like, I have, unless anybody can prove me wrong, like, was there any sessions about this? Like, where does this come from? And why is it seemed to have taken Dropbox or Microsoft by surprise at seemingly such a random time? I also want to know, like, do, do we know if Dropbox at this point is using the 
Apple has a native API for this kind of stuff. It used to be called, I believe, Finder Sync extensions. Now they have the same API that is available on iOS and iPadOS. It's called the File Provider API. Do we know if Dropbox is using that? Like, is I believe it, they are. Okay. I think you have to to be able to put icons next to files and folders, right? Okay. So they're making a change to the File Provider API in 12.3, and they're letting... Hmm. And they're, they're letting, letting them these know companies this know first as okay, they Okay, speculation time. Yeah. What if, and I'm totally, you know, just came to mind. This kind of thing, it suggests to me that Apple is doing something to the file provider API in general, including files and iCloud Drive. What if they're bringing back that feature for the oh pinned God. downloads? Or shared folders or some nonsense? Like, like wh- what's going on here? But why is it on the Mac, though? That was an iOS feature. Well, right? because the file provider API now runs everywhere. Now it's iOS, iPadOS, and yeah. Mac. And iCloud Drive does not give you individual control over folders and subfolders for what's local and what's not on the Mac. It's right, either okay. everything's downloaded or the system just guesses. And so maybe in doing this, there's also like new stuff coming to iCloud Drive. Yeah, because knowing Apple, it's weird that they are notifying this company of this very particular change and just that change. Like, before the beta was even, is the beta even started for this? Not yet. Not yet. I bet it'll be the next few days because 12.2 just got released. You know, eh, who knows, right? It, it's just, I think jumping down Dropbox's throat about it is not the right answer. No, like, this is a lesson in reading. Probably, like um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I know I sound like an idiot, but like, this is a lesson in like actually reading and not jumping to conclusions. I mean, yeah. we all do it. I do it all the time too. But like, people thought that what Dropbox was saying was like, oh, twelve point three. Oh, that's the next version of macOS. No, it wasn't. You know, like that. It, like people thought that it meant in two days' time, none of this is going to work anymore. But like, that's not true. And th- and them saying that they will have a beta available like in March. That might be sufficient time. By the time 12.3 ships, it could be April, right? And it's all taken care of. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you actually just read it and, like, think about it for a minute rather than just assuming Dropbox is bad because of a reason that people have already pre-decided about them, uh, then maybe you could come to a different uh, resolution about it. It's just, look, we're all guilty of it. I do it all the time too. But I think it's just another one of these things where, like, we have to just just take a second before the tweet, you know? Yeah, you're bringing too much reason to the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare I, right? No, I but seriously, you're you're right. You're right in this case. And I think it's very cool of Dropbox to actually let everybody know even before, because at this point, technically, 12.3 doesn't exist. Like at this point, no. it could be a typo. Like, mm-hmm. But no, it's not a typo. And given the timeline that they are providing, it's obviously something that they know it's going to happen soon. Uh, maybe even this week. So... I think it's uh, there's something else going on though I, I don't think it's just oh yeah this update has this one change that will affect Dropbox and all these other companies I wouldn't be surprised I guess is, is what I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if this is part of a bigger change that there, that's happening to the file provider API in general including iCloud Drive it seems likely to me maybe because they bothered to tell these companies like be ready for this 
I don't know. But to be honest, this is this is kind of the type of stuff that I expect and we talk about all the time, right? That like to assume that there is a level playing field is not true. Apple's not going out to every company that uses the file provider API and telling them to get ready for this. Neither should they, in my opinion. Like, yes, you should tell Dropbox and Microsoft and Google, hey, we're doing this. You should probably get ready for it. Because if they don't, millions of people are going to have a bad experience, right? And then it's Apple's fault because they didn't bother to inform anyone. But it's just one of those things, right? Like, this is the way this stuff works. It's the way it probably should work. Uh, But this is, again, going back to that whole idea of, like, what kind of partner at Apple? Like, do you think they consulted with any of these companies first? No. (laughs) Right? Like, they just are like, hey, we're doing this. It's like, oh, great. I guess we'll have to tell our customers then. Thanks. We wanted to let you know that this is not your decision to make, but this is going to happen. So this is all the info you need. File a radar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. Hey, maybe we'll get a beta tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, Or maybe today. I could see that. Uh, It's probably, I reckon, yeah, today or tomorrow, right? Because they just put it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just pretty wild stuff, and it's just so, it's just so complicated. And this is really what I was what I was trying to get at in my article. It's just more complicated because of Apple's other hot water when it comes to competing services, right? And so it's probably a great thing that they told these companies in advance, uh, not only for users but also mm-hmm. from like the, are you doing something to break? Like the story otherwise is Dropbox and OneDrive are broken, but iCloud Drive still works. And then it takes two months for these other third-party applications to catch up. Apple can't afford that headline in the current climate. So I can see why they wanted to get out ahead of it and why Dropbox and Microsoft announced it too. So they don't look like the bad guys. This is very interesting. The whole thing just really fascinates me. TJ in the Discord is saying apparently that there have been new APIs for this for a while. There is a session from WC 2021 about this API, and I tried watching it, and it was so boring I quit. So to be fair, there could have been details in there, but it was so dry, I just, I couldn't do it. Hmm. Okay. But but I now know how to build a cloud file service, so apparently it's really easy. Just yeah, get, it's like, that, it is that file provider API that we mentioned before. Uh, it, it's part of that framework. Um, maybe maybe they are deprecating an older API and they're letting, all, they're letting these companies know, look, uh, st- starting with 12.3, your old, this old API that you're using will break. Uh, so you got to switch to the new system. That mm. could be something that they are also doing. But the file provider framework has existed for a while. So m- another theory could be they are deprecating the old thing that Dropbox and Microsoft are using, and they're telling them, you got to switch to the new one. So, And Dropbox was told that about that, and they're sending customers an email about it. I could see mm. that also, yeah. Hmm. Look, the the moral of the story is keep everything on a USB thumb drive and don't use the internet. Now, the moral of the story is: Are there people who just keep those files like online only? Like Mike, do, apparently, yes. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, I have files that are massive and I don't need them all the time, so they just go online only. So you don't want to use them with selective sync, but you want to keep them so you see them. Well, I want them in Dropbox. Interesting. But you you want them visible on the Mac, but not downloaded on the Mac. 
Mm. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want them visible, but they just are, like, because that's just how the system works. See, I, I have, on my Mac Pro, I have my entire Dropbox downloaded, but on my MacBook Pro, I have a couple of folders selective synced away, which means they're, like, not on the Mac at all because I didn't like the bugginess of this feature. But it sounds like it's a lot better, so maybe I, I was going to say maybe I try it, but it's getting ready to break again, so maybe after. <laughs> it's going to be real rough for you when you try, like, to go from one to the other. Yeah. Like, that's a big old job, right? Like, because that's, you know, st- a lot of stuff's going to index. So, like, if you really want to try it, you got to want to try it. you got to have a reason for why you want to try it, I feel like. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, I use it. It's great. Like, I have, like, large files or, like, for example, like, you know, we have some shared uh, folders that are just loads of images from live events. I do not need them to be on my Mac. So, online only. Like, I'll get them when I need them. Like the big one for me is me and Gray keep every episode of Cortex's logic projects in Dropbox folders, but I don't need them. But but like I don't need them on my Mac all the time, but I like to keep them in Dropbox. And this way it's like hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of files that I don't need to have all the time. But sometimes I do need them. So I go in and grab them. This episode of Connected is made possible by Trade Coffee. How do you take your coffee? full-bodied roast, something light. We all have our preferences, and no matter what you love to drink, Trade Coffee makes it easy to brew your best cup at home. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship it free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. So whether you're a coffee nerd or just want to get a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste over 400 roasts, and then use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. They're like matchmakers for you and your coffee. So take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love the first bag or they'll replace it for free. They've been featured in the New York Times, just like Federico here on the show. That's cool. Wired, GQ, and they've delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. Their subscription is no hassle. Skip shipments or change your frequency or cancel at any time. Michael. Steven. Hello, Michael. Hello, Steven. Hello. Tell me about uh, your results with Trade Coffee. Oh, it's so good, man. So one of the things that I love about Trade Coffee is that they work with a lot of small roasteries. And one of my favorite things about small roasteries, as well as the wonderful coffee, is the branding roasteries in general coffee shops and stuff they have really good branding and one of the bags of coffee that i got from trade coffee it had a little label like a clothing tag label stitched onto the bag i love stuff like that so i like the as well as just getting the well, obviously fantastic coffee that trade uh, helps pick out for me i also get to see all of these cool this cool art from these companies. And mm-hmm. I just find that it's part of the overall experience to me that I enjoy very much, as well as the coffee just being absolutely excellent. We just pounded that last bag that we had from them. It was just destroyed. It. it was excellent. So good. Well, Trade Coffee makes it easy to make sure you get more on the way, Mike. And get this. They're offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com connected. So head there now, take the quiz, and start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash connected. Our thanks to Trade for the support of the show and Relay FM. All right. Obsidian Shortcut Launcher, the OSL as they call it. 
This is something mm-hmm. that Federico has been working on with. Is it? Did you work on this with One True Son? Or yes, yes, I did. Yes, I One did. One True Son, Finn, uh, Finn Voorhees. Can you explain this? <laughs> sure. Like uh, all of it. Can you explain yourself? <laughs> so this is a free plugin for Obsidian. Obsidian is the text editor note-taking app that we've been talking about lately. Gray has been talking about it on Cortex. Everybody's talking about it. Why is everyone uh, talking about this? Why is exactly. everyone talking about this? <laughs> so <laughs> Mike's not impressed. <laughs> I wish everyone was not. No, I don't really. It's it's so, fine. I just it's a lot for my brain to handle. Honestly. Yeah, I'll I'll make it. I, I'll explain it for you, mm-hmm. Mike. So that uh, I promise you, my come feeble aw- mind, <laughs> you will come understand. away from this segment wanting to try this thing. Uh, no, I already do. That's the problem. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Okay, well then, this is all useless. Why are we talking about it anyway? So this is a free plugin that you can find inside Obsidian in the community plugins section. Uh, so you can install it right there. No need to, no need to manually download anything. You can do it all with the UI in Obsidian, and it's basically a way for you to run shortcuts in the shortcuts app from Obsidian. So on iOS, iPadOS, and macOS, you can create these launchers. The plugin the plugin lets you create launchers, and each launcher can trigger a particular shortcut in the shortcuts app. You give it the name of the shortcut, and then you can. what you can do, what makes it special is you're not just running the shortcut. You can. You can just invoke the shortcut and run it as is. But what you can do is you can send input from Obsidian to the shortcut. And that's what, like, why we needed to work on this for, for quite some time and get it exactly right. You can send data from Obsidian to the shortcut that you want to run. And there are seven different types of data that you can send. You can send your text selection, or you can send the entire document, or you can send the path to the document, you can send the name of the current document, and all that kind of stuff. So you have multiple sort of uh, input types that you can choose from. And you can even send multiple inputs at once. So you can say, well, I want to actually send like my text selection and the name of the document. And you can do it in a single launcher. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that all these launchers, they show up as commands in Obsidian. Obsidian is very based on the idea of these commands that you can trigger in the app. Uh, you press Command P and you open the command palette. Oh, that's that's the shortcut for print. What are you doing, Obsidian? Print, who, prints, who prints stuff anymore, man? Come on. But it's universal. They really co-opted Command P? Of all things. Well, by diff, I think, oh, maybe I did? No, I think it's the default hotkey on the Mac, correct? Oh, me if for Obsidian. Anyway, uh, you open the command palette and all these, short, all these launchers, they show up as commands, which means every launcher can also be assigned a custom hotkey. Uh, meaning you can trigger these commands with a keyboard shortcut, you can tie them to a stream deck, you can do whatever you want. And that's basically the gist of it, is it's a system for you to use Obsidian and shortcuts together. You can trigger your favorite shortcuts from Obsidian, and you can pass along data. But, of course, you know me, I had to go a little deeper than that. And so there are a couple of details that I want to point out here. The first one being, in addition to sending text, you can also send attachments, 
from Obsidian to shortcuts. Obsidian lets you save uh, images or PDF documents, whatever, as attachments in your in your uh, Obsidian folder. Um, and the plugin knows, Shortcut Launcher knows that if the cursor is over a link to a file, it should send that file to shortcuts, to which you may ask, but how can you send a file using a URL scheme? And enter, once again, my friend, Base64. Oh my God, knows. OSL knows that if you want to send an attachment, it needs to be encoded first. And then you got to take care of that yourself in shortcuts, obviously. You got to decode the base64. But basically, what this allows me to do, for example, is I can take an attachment from Obsidian and send it to a shortcut so that in one single step, I can go from a local image in my Obsidian vault to an uploaded image on the Mac Story CDN, all thanks to Obsidian and shortcuts working together. So that's the first detail. The second detail, which I think is more, even more fascinating, the, the plugin works everywhere. You can use it on the iPhone, you can use it on the iPad, you can use it on the Mac. However, a few days ago, I was taking a shower and I had an idea. This is necessary context uh, about me because you need to know how I come up with these ideas. Um, I was cleaning myself and, and I thought about this. On Monterey, you can trigger shortcuts in a bunch of ways that are not supported on the iPhone and iPad. Specifically, you on Monterey, there's an API to run shortcuts from the command line. There's the shortcuts run uh, command line. Um, what's it called? Command? Steven, what's the proper terminology? Uh, they have like a command line interface. Yeah, for? command line interface, yes. CLI. So you can run shortcuts from the command line. And when you do... The shortcut just runs in the background. The shortcuts app does not activate. Like the shortcuts window does not come in the foreground. You can actually keep the shortcuts app closed and run a shortcut from the command line. And it, the app in the dock stays closed, but the shortcut runs. That's one of the beautiful things about shortcuts on Monterey. And I thought, well... Plugins in Obsidian, they are just running some JavaScript code. What if we could check if the plugin, if the plugin's environment is macOS and we built it in, in such a way that the, sh the plugin knows if you're triggering a launcher on the iPhone, it just launches shortcuts with, with the URL scheme because that's how you got to do it on the iPhone and iPad. But if you do it on the Mac it uses the shell command instead. So the shortcut just runs in the background, sort of like, it feels like, it's not that it looks like, if it is Obsidian talking to shortcuts natively on the Mac in the background. There's a few screenshots that show this in my, in my article and in the documentation on GitHub that you can see just like uh, an alert box just, that just pops up on screen. Uh, from Obsidian, and that's Obsidian talking to shortcuts in the background on Monterey using shell commands. So that's a, a nice touch. And, and Finn, of course, I built this with Finn, the one true son. Uh, he made it all extra secure uh, with, of course, with all the plugins that need to be accepted into the Obsidian uh, gallery. Uh, there had to be a private code review 
uh, from the Obsidian developers, of course, because they need to make wow. sure that all the plugins that they are accepting are, you know, they're not doing anything malicious uh, because you are running JavaScript on your computer after all. Uh, and they came up with, uh, uh, Finn and the Obsidian developers, they came up with a very nice system to run these shell commands on the Mac. And I'm really happy about it because, like, like I said, this plugin, you can use it everywhere, but the best platform to use it is the Mac because on, on Mac OS... Apple built the command line interface for shortcuts. I would love to have that feature in iOS 16 this year, like being able to run shortcuts without, you know, the, the X callback, like the URL scheme. Um, you can use it, again, you can use it everywhere. It just runs a little bit better on the Mac because it's more integrated with Obsidian. And that's the summary of it. This is wild. Uh, and I love that it does use the shortcuts CLI, which I know we've talked about this, but I would love to know where the idea came from to have shortcuts accessible to you in the terminal and that, that it shipped like the apps UI barely worked when it launched, but Hey, we got a command line interface and this. It's so interesting to me and it does open the door to all this cool stuff. And man, what a clever way to do this because that is always listening, right? It's always there. You don't have to make sure you have the app running or like shortcuts in the foreground or anything silly like that. Um, so there, there are lots of different... Um, John John has been... The one true John has been playing around this since Christmas, I believe. Um, it's actually funny because Finn, I, I kept this a secret from John too uh, at the time. And Finn, when he was over in, in... When he was at home, he told his father that we were building this. And John was surprised to hear from his son that he was working on this with me behind the scenes. Uh, John has been putting together a bunch of really cool things with Obsidian and, and, and Shortcut Launcher. Uh, John is the type of person who does a lot of like uh, templates type stuff in Obsidian uh, for things like the Mac Stories sponsor posts for App Stories show notes, you know, the type of the type the, the type of documents that require a lot of like weekly templates. And Shortcut Launcher is great for that because you can combine Obsidian and its powerful uh, uh, template system with shortcuts which of course, like John, for example, came up with the system that Obsidian talks to Shortcuts. Shortcuts gives, it, gives him a list of the latest articles from Mac Stories, and that list is copied to the clipboard so that you can just uh, do Command V in Obsidian, and it's got a markdown list of all the latest articles from MacStories.net. So that type of stuff is totally doable now. And I just wanted to have like a proper, like the way that I approached this was, I love Obsidian, and I love shortcuts. What if I combine them both? Like it's like when you wanna, when you try to have your two best friends end up together, which is something that I have personally done twice in my life. Uh, and I'm happy to report that well, one one couple broke up, but the other one is getting married this year, so that's cool. Um, but it's like there's no greater feeling than having your best friends end up together. And this is the nerd markdown version of that, like combining my two great loves in a plugin. So I'm really happy about it personally. Wow. Like even if nobody installs it, I built it for me. And the fact that other people are liking it makes me very happy. I mean, true love is always found in JavaScript. That's what they've always said, you know? Also that. Also, and, in, and in the command line, yes. Is this like a thing for Federico now? Like uh, Obsidian plugins? Well, so this... <laughs> well, I think it. I think it is and I think it's been for... 
quite a while um, because like this is the first um, sort of free plugin, like community plugin, but we've already done like three uh, premium plugins for club members only in September. If you, if you recall, we did the, the Todoist plugin, the plugin for Markdown links, and the wild plugin that I used for my iOS review, the one that compiles a table of contents. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, but those were uh, for club members only. Uh, this one is is free because I just thought lots of people could use this, um, and I just you know going back to to what we said a few uh, a few minutes ago on the show, like sometimes you just make something cool and you think it's neat and you wanna release it in the open, and uh, and it doesn't necessarily matter if other people use it because you know that you did it for yourself. But you think, hey, maybe somebody else out there is <laughs> weird like me and wants this kind of thing. And there's no greater feeling than that, like creating something and releasing it for free for everybody to use. And that is something that over the years, it's it's a pleasure that I've learned to appreciate more and more myself. It's also why, you know, I really love writing about shortcuts and, and giving them to people because it makes me happy to to make something even though it's not like something tangible in the sense that it's not a physical product but it brings me a lot of pleasure to build something and releasing it in the wild it's a it's a nice feeling to have in the post you mentioned a few things that were kind of interesting to me you're publishing to wordpress straight from obsidian now you're uploading images straight from obsidian and also backing up your files into three places. And I just read all that stuff and was like, except the publishing part, like I could see the benefits of being able to link these two things together for uh, iOS review time, like the CDN yeah. uploading and the and the backups. <laughs> like I know these are things that you <laughs> were doing. I guess you were going in, you were opening shortcuts, right? And and doing them. Yes. And, and again, John knows me well here because when he saw the full documentation of of all the things that you can do with the plugin, he, he was like, wait, you are preparing for the iOS 16 review here. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, I don't like the way that sounds. iOS 16. I know. That doesn't sound good to me. But yeah, and we try to make it as flexible as possible. That's why uh, you will you have like you can choose whatever name you want for your commands. Uh, there's support for multiple inputs, um, and you can do some real like it can get really complex if you want, or it can stay pretty simple. But if you're the type of person who likes to fiddle around with this stuff, um, you could, for example. Um, Put together launchers uh, that do multiple things. Like you could create a macro in Obsidian. Uh, there's a plugin called QuickAd that lets you create macros. Mm. And in theory, you could do something like running multiple shortcuts in succession. Like that's a thing that you could do. Um, it could get pretty complex and wild if you did like what if you ran shortcuts for an entire document and you scanned all the links in the doc. Like, all that type of stuff you can do. And sometimes, another reason why I wanted this plugin, sometimes it's much easier to create something in shortcuts than in it, that it is in other apps like Obsidian or 
I don't know, uh, you know, Apple Script comes to mind. Other apps with automation features come to mind, like Better Touch Tool or Keyboard Maestro. Mm. We have lots of options for automation, but sometimes you just know how to use shortcuts more. And so lots of people have built over the years, like me, a library of shortcuts. What if there was a bridge for the folks using Obsidian to tap into that existing library of shortcuts? That that was also one of the reasons why I wanted to have this plugin. It's really nice, man. I think it's super cool. Obsidian is like every now and then these apps come along where I'm kind of like jealous that I have no use for it, and I'm kind of like, you know like in John's video, like John made a little video showing it off. No, oh maybe it was in the article. Actually, it was in the article that you wrote. But you said what John was doing with it. Yeah, like he's making these like dashboards of his day, and it's linking out to all. Yeah. It's like I see that stuff. It's like it sounds really interesting, but I just don't think I work that way. But I'm kind of jealous of all the people that find the use in that because it just sounds like a really cool thing to do. Maybe they're taller than you too. Do you know what? They probably all are. <laughs> I don't know if John's taller than me. <laughs> no, Maybe he's he not. is. I don't think he is. No, he's oh. not. Everyone is, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, look, I just want to say you you don't need to be like one of the fan. Like, I don't consider myself a fancy Obsidian user. Uh, I don't do the graph <laughs> thing. No, I don't oh, see- get out of town, Federico. There, no, don't even no, no, say I that. Am, no, I am serious. There are thresholds of Obsidian users. There are the really, really fancy Obsidian users. They're like the S tier. Like, the, the, the S tier of Obsidian Yeah, you're users. A tier. The academics- and the scientists using like mathematical expressions and having those, you know, those graphs with, with the dots. Like, I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, but that's the beautiful part about it. Like, this is why they didn't fine. give you that content creator of the year, right? Which I tried to fix it. I tried to fix that vote for you. What did they give you? What did you win? You won an award, didn't you? No, I was like in the, in the top 10 for content creators. Ridiculous. You should have been number and one. And they gave me they gave me like a two hundred dollar price, which I did not accept. And I said, just uh, do like a giveaway for it. Take Obsidian that user. money, son. No, no. Take it. You know, go buy yourself something pretty. No, it's fine. They should give it away to the community. There are, you know, some. I don't know. I just felt like I, I don't need it. I paid for Obsidian Sync for a year, and it's you know I know that there are like because I get those emails. Right, like uh, like kids that are like fifteen or something, and they're just getting started with automation, and they send me emails saying, "Hey, I really want to try this thing, but I don't have the money to sign up for the club." Like I see this, um, these kids, and I think it's it really makes me happy to see, like at a very young age, at that age, I was stupid, you know, like I, I was doing some stupid stuff with my friends, and I I wasn't into computers, and I'm very jealous in a good way. Mm. Of these kids that like they're like thirteen and they are programming. It's like, man, that's really cool. And so I do not want that money. I don't even know why I'm saying this. Anyway, yeah, uh, someone else won. <laughs> I like, I like the the. No, I like the unfinished thought of like these kids email me and they don't have money for the club. It makes me happy to see these kids as he archives their email. <laughs> yeah, end of thought. It's like, but try harder, child. <laughs> Go get a part-time job. That's what Federico thinks. Sometimes, sometimes, like I said, I am a benevolent figure. And Don't say it. Don't say it out loud. Because then your email inbox will quadruple. Don't say it out loud. Exactly. No, don't ask me for free stuff. I will not give you free stuff. I'm sorry, but I got a business to run. But 
the the sentiment behind it is very is very nice like to know that there are people at a very young age interested in this kind of stuff yeah it's great because i know that i wasn't actually i wasn't allowed to go on the internet until i was 16 but that's a different story it was also just harder to get on the internet when we were younger you know it was like no you one could be on the you phone couldn't, you couldn't go on the phone because yeah. <laughs> so otherwise your 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 parents would yell at you it's like I'm on the phone. How stupid! That noise. Yeah, that fifty k modem. <laughs> mo- oh my god! That when you noise, pick up the phone, sound, and the phone starts oh screaming my- in your ear. It's great. What? Well, what was that noise? Like no, I don't. I can. I don't know how to make it. Something like that. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website relay.fm/connected/slash-three-eighty-two. While you're there, you can sign up and become a member of Connected Pro. That is the longer ad-free version of the show that we publish each and every week. Lots of fun. We'd love to have you. Uh, There are monthly and annual plans available. Check it out. Join Connected Pro. If you're a member, thank you for your support. You can uh, also send us feedback or follow-up from the website, or you can do that online. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, what device are you going to make a frames shortcut for next? What's coming out next? I don't know. Um, it's Playdate. <laughs> oh. Cable, if you're listening, send me a PSD and we'll make a p- Playframe. We're gonna I don't even play know frame. if they have a screenshot capability. Oh, no. Probably. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe the analog pocket is next when they add the screenshot feature. Steam Deck. Did you see Federico? It's coming out. They announced the date while we were recording. Yes. February twenty eighth. They start shipping. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I logged uh, when I saw that email. I quickly logged into my Steam account, mm-hmm. and it said that my order is currently slated for Q two twenty twenty two. Yeah, don't worry, it's gonna suck anyway. There's no embargo until like two days before. I think. Well, suck. I could have said the same for Pokemon Legends, and yet the embargo lifted today, and it seems very good. Yeah, but that's just because Pokemon's amazing. Steam don't know what they're doing. And over Steam there. is not. Steam don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> I think it's actually gonna be very nice. We'll see about this. Hey Steam, hey Steam, how's your Steve previous hardware gone? Oh. Man, those those controls are everywhere. Why are you a Steam hater, man? I, what about the Valve uh, Valve boxes? Oh man, Valve Index can't move for those things. Are you a Valve hater? Why? I don't know. No, no, I am not actually. I visited the the. Uh, Is this like a new thing you do? Like I walked past Gabe Newell in a corridor at their uh, offices. Did something happen? No, I I, I, I <laughs> no, I just looked at him and like I didn't really know what to say to the guy. I didn't think I could say anything to him really. I looked for Half-Life when I was in there. Couldn't find it. I tried to do it. Couldn't find it. Uh, no, I don't know why I'm, 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 I've created this character for myself who hates Steam. A new Steam. persona that you have. Yeah, this is, my new, this is my new persona. Steam hater. Steam deck hater. Or Steam in general. Uh, so that's Federico. You can find Mike. He's on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. He hosts a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. Mike, tell the people what we're doing oh. on Friday. On Friday, uh, Stephen's birthday, and all Stephen wants for his birthday is to watch me rebuild an iPod. So 
we're going to finish off a previous thing that I'd started. I have an iPod video and the click wheel doesn't work. So I got a blue click wheel and mm-hmm. we're going to see how that goes. We're going to put that together together uh, and we're just going to wish Stephen a happy birthday for a solid 90 minutes. So you can join us uh, at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. That's 4.30 p.m. GMT um, at Mike.Live on Friday, which is the 28th, which is Stephen Hackett's 42nd birthday. It's <laughs> not nice. 42nd. Yep. Nice. Yep. Oh, yep. come on, yep. get it. I'm 43. Happy. Come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm a bad friend. He's 43 years old. Well, pandemic year, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't. That's true. Doesn't count. That's, true. Uh, That's true. You've added six pandemic years. Yeah, this iPod. How old we- are you really going to be? Is it 35? 36. Ooh, 36. Damn, wow, son. Wow, he's old. <laughs> wow. Sounds old. It's worse than I thought. We, wait, do you guys think, Mike, do you think we age shame Stephen on the show? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. In general, it's a bad thing. Like, you shouldn't yes. do that. I, mm. I am no. 100% age against age shaming. Yes, but, when it but comes it's only to Steven, fine if we do it on in the context of the show with Steven. Right? It's no problem. It's like okay. in the same way that I don't actually have an issue with Steam or Valve, but in that two minutes <laughs> bracket, but, I did. But, you know? but, Gabe, but Gabe Newell crossed you some. He did. He crossed me in the corridor. He crossed <laughs> past me in, in the corridor. It's like, he, uh, it's like maybe you saw him in the men's room, he didn't wash his hands, and now you don't want to use their products. Is that what it's happened? Fu- if something happened, if something happened, you can tell us. Something, yeah, something, something went down there, for sure. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, this iPod is the one, back in September, like five months ago, we put a, a battery and an SD card in it. But then one of the buttons on the click wheel wasn't working. I think it was the menu button. So then I bought not only just a new click wheel, a blue one. A blue one. It's going to look so mm-hmm. good, man. You can mm-hmm. find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I host uh, other shows here on Relay as well and right over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Hover, Capital One, and Trade Coffee. You can learn more about them in the show notes. Thank you to our members for your direct support. And until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.